Father God, thank you for John. Thank you for the preparation he's done. Thank you for the time that he's spent in your living word. Lord, I pray that as, um, as he speaks out your living words, that um, there will be a tangible sense of your presence touching each and every one of our hearts in this room, Lord God. I pray as he speaks, you give him the, um, yeah, the boldness, the willingness, the, um, the ability to honor you with your truth spoken over each and every one of us. And Lord, as we sit here and receive from you, that you would give us open hearts and a willingness to respond to what it is that you are saying through these passages of scripture and through this Bible character who is Paul, Lord God. Amen. 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 Thanks, Ed. Yeah, very encouraging testimony. Has she gone? There she is. She's not looking. Can we put our hands together again for you? Because I thought that was absolutely wonderful. Really good. Really good. Really good. And as you will see, it, it does fit in with the word that I, that I feel I have to bring up, part of the word this morning. Okay, I'm going to be a little bit um, controversial at the beginning. Everybody okay with controversial? <laughs> okay. As I was preparing uh, this, I, I got a real sense um, that God has got something in what I'm going to speak for many of us this morning, and that he really wants everybody to kind of really tune in, but he also has a sense that this word for hopefully many of you this morning may go on from this morning and impact you to such an extent that God asked me to do a uh, couple of things. First of all, um, I've prepared a condensed handout. Um, that I'm going to give everybody and we're going to reflect on at the end. But also um, a sense of everybody really, really tuning in. And um, if I can ask if you could possibly um, really not use your phones this morning. Everybody okay with that? Let me explain why. Um, I feel that this word um, is something to be, to be really received, to be heard, to be accepted and to be worked on going on from this place today. Everybody okay with that? What I'm saying is that I don't think it's just for me to bring it for 30 minutes and it's a word. I believe that God's going to use it in many people's lives and that it could go on from here, hence the handout that I've got at the end. Now, if you use your phone to make notes, I completely understand that. But my main thing is that we will tune in. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, I lift everybody in this place. Father, we lift everybody to our right and to our left in front and behind, and ourselves. Father, will you, by your Holy Spirit, will you just tune us in now to hear what you have to say to each and every one of us? Father, would you make this word personalized to everybody in this place? Will you be the one who convicts and encourages? Will you be the one who inspires? Will you be the one who puts your finger on things. Will you be the one who is with each and every one of us, Father? We don't limit what you can do in a heartbeat, Father. We don't limit the transformation in our lives you can bring from a word that you have for each of us, Lord. And we thank you that we can spend time together in the word of God, allowing your Holy Spirit and being open to change and enlightenment by your Spirit, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Great. So, my New Testament hero is the Apostle Paul. Um, I believe that second, really, uh, to Jesus in many ways. Paul was originally called Saul, for people who are not familiar with uh, the New Testament. 
Saul persecuted the early church and pursued Christians to the point of death. He then received an astonishing intervention of the Holy Spirit. He found Christ, he received forgiveness and determined that he would live his life for Christ. He knew Jesus only through the accounts of the disciples and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he was the first person whose walk was fully recorded um, and allowed for us, yeah, 2,000 years later, for generations to learn and to live our lives for him through his teachings and his journey. Many commentators on the New Testament are clear that he was absolutely critical in the gospel's growth and its establishment. And I believe perhaps the most impactful man who ever walked the earth after Jesus. His closeness and his openness to obey the Spirit of God and the wisdom he received and the understanding by the Holy Spirit is, is, is overwhelming when you read it in context. Absolutely overwhelming. So you can see from the, the slide here, that there are 23 books written uh, in the New Testament that uh, were written basically after Jesus, that speak of after Jesus was crucified. Uh, 13 of those books were traditionally ascribed as Paul's. However, modern scholars think that he only, <laughs> only wrote eight of them. There you go. Romans 1, 2, Corinthians, Galatians, Colossians, Philippians. Philomena and Thessal 1 Thessalonians. That's basically a third um, of the recorded teachings of the apostles and the early church. That is one big impact, amen? This guy had some stuff to say to you and me about how you would live your life and how your faith would work through you. He completed four missionary journeys here, his missionary journeys. Um, yeah, he, again... 27 cities, um, roughly covering a third of the known world, um, planting churches, speaking of what it is to be a Christian and how the church should impact its own community. And as you will see, I believe that Paul's journey, not his journey physically, but his journey spiritually, his journey emotionally, his journey practically, I believe that the challenges that he faces um, is really has some enormous truth for us and for me personally has been by far, by far after Jesus um, the biggest development of me in my walk with him. Now for one of the things that I began very early in my uh, Christian walk is um, I made notes kind of in my Bible, uh, lots of notes in my Bible and I continue to make lots of notes in my Bible. I believe this is the living word, amen, and it lives with you, and it's in you and through you. And I have to say, probably not a day goes by when I am not in some way brought back to some of the teachings of the Apostle Paul. It's the living word. I walk with it and live with it. Um, when I got a new Bible, it takes me a long time when I get a new Bible because I go back through and transcribe all the words that I've been given over 27 years. It, that's how I engage my Bible. And I'm going to share some of these as we, as we look at the, at the journey of Paul. There are huge amounts of teaching. But these three that I'm going to speak to you about, for me, have been three of the ongoing words and wisdom that the Apostle Paul has brought into my life. And I believe that in many ways they address three of the universal challenges that all of us face as we attempt to walk what it is to be a Christian. 
So let me deal with the first one. Number one, being in lack, having needs, falling short, facing difficulties does not mean God is not with you and that he is not able to use you. Can I have an amen? amen. Um, when I found faith 27 years ago, um, I often joke that I was probably one of the worst baby Christians in the history of baby Christians. I had a traumatic first two years, although I'm sure there's a few of you here could give me a run for my money. But I was all over the place. I really was. I struggled with so many things. And yeah, I couldn't understand it. There were lots... I kind of thought, well... What's going wrong? I found Christ. I'd had a, an amazing impact of his spirit in my life. He was on my side. Amen? The Bible said that he'd be with me. Surely everything should work amazing. <laughs> Amen. People have walked a few years. Surely things are going to get easier. Yeah. And then, for the first time, I met the Apostle Paul. And these verses in uh, Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 29, um, just amazing. He says this, he says, are they servants of Christ? And then he says, am I out of my mind to talk like this? I love the fact that he just says it how it is, amen? And he challenges himself and he makes the point. I am more. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. <clears throat> Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rithers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. I can't think of any other thing this guy has not been in danger of. In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. This guy had a bit of a life, amen? He had a bit of a life. I have labored and toiled, and I've often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Now, I believe these are in many ways, uh, do you want to just go back a slide if you can? Uh, I believe in many ways that these really, really nail this thing that for me was something that I've come to understand. Listen, um, people have often said to me um, things like, well, if God was with you, you would have this. Amen? I mean, very helpful, very helpful verse. If you've got that word for me, don't bother bringing it. Amen? But when I read this, something in this tells me this. If the Apostle Paul, I believe, was one of the most anointed and spirit-filled men who's walked, walked on this earth after Jesus, amen, that is how big this guy was in the kingdom of God. The impact was phenomenal and runs into your life and my life. If he faced that lot, amen, then that doesn't promise that everything's going to be easy, amen. It tells you that if you're going to do something for Christ, then this life is going to have some difficulty in it. And this has helped me understand when I have personally fallen short, when I've had difficulties, that it has not meant that God is not with me. Amen. And that testimony that you just heard spoke of that. Just because things don't work out as well as you would expect or how you'd expect or when you'd expect or with who you'd expect, when the miracles that you want don't arrive, when challenges come and difficulties does not mean that God's not with you. Amen. 
Because if it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, let me tell you it's good enough for us. Amen. And it is that that has given me a confidence and a belief that when I do face challenges and I have got difficulties and things don't work out, that I'm in good company. Amen. Because it's good enough for the Apostle Paul. It's okay for you. If you are living expecting everything to be okay, I'm just going to let you know you're going to be disappointed. Amen. And there's too many disappointed people in the kingdom of God. Amen. It says in, this, in the Bible, you don't see it on a fridge magnet. It says in this world there will be trouble. The good and the bad are caught up in the net. Read your scripture. It says that you're going to have difficulties. But of course, the Apostle Paul's life speaks of astonishing God intervention. He also faced pressure of ministry, of serving others. He felt he was weak and struggled and had challenges with sin. The verses go on. It says this, beside everything, I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. And then he says this, he says, who is, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? This is the Apostle Paul telling you and telling me that he knows what it's like, amen? He knows what it's like to feel weak inside individually. He knows what it's like to worry and have anxiety about yourself's ability to do what he wants you to do. He tells you that he's, he has to overcome sin. This is a man, a man who is doing amazing things for God, but he's just like me and you. Amen? He's just like me and you. His testimony speaks of this astonishing amazing man of God doing phenomenal things for the kingdom of God, yet just like me and you. Phenomenal and exciting. Now, there are many reasons for the challenges that we face. Yet, I believe Paul, in many ways, speaks of them in how we should deal with them. So, if your challenges, as many of mine are, are around things of the gospel, the advancement of the gospel, then you're in good company. If they are through a sense of godly concern, if you have challenges because you've got a heart for other people, if you've got challenges and difficulties because you're serving his church, if you're reaching lives with the gospel, if you are involved in advancing the kingdom of God, then the challenges that you face will never be the same as the challenges the Apostle Paul faced. Amen? But you will have challenges. You will have difficulties. But you are in good company. The encouragement of the life of Paul, how it speaks, if your challenges are to do with the good stuff of the gospel, of your life serving him, then I praise God that in some ways I can connect with the Apostle Paul. Amen? So if you're doing something for Christ and it's difficult, rejoice. Amen? Because you're serving God and there are going to be difficulties. Embracing those difficulties, living with them is all part of understanding the Apostle Paul and his message that speaks to us. But also, if like me, there are problems in your life that are caused by your own weakness, by your own challenges, by selfishness, by difficulty that you yourself bring into your life through sin through struggling and through, show, through falling short. I'm really encouraged by what the Apostle Paul says. Because he says, despite these struggles, God has used him. Amen? And the whole message that Paul brings to all of us 
is that despite your problems and your challenges and you falling short and all the things that hinder you, amen, or is it just me? Listen, God can use you, amen? In fact, God needs to use you because there's no one else to use apart from you. And if God could only use perfect people, there wouldn't be many people being used, amen? Again, the Apostle Paul speaks of this truth that empowers and encourages you, that despite you, God can use you, amen? No one is excluded from what God can do through you and in you, despite ourselves. How encouraging is that? What an amazing message that Paul brings. And everything that Paul does, yeah, he does it to boast in Christ. He believes anything good in him comes from Jesus. He admits his weaknesses. He praises and gives God all the glory, which makes God's strength in him even greater and more amazing. In 2 Corinthians 11, 30, going on, it says, If I must boast, I will boast of things that show my weakness. The God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. This guy gives God all the glory. Amen? His life is to give God the glory. It's not about him. It's about him in him. Amen? And it's the same for us. We can believe that God can use us. We can believe that God can get the glory from what we do. We can believe that we can bring praise to our Heavenly Father through serving the living God. And then he goes on to give one of many examples of where God was able to deliver him from his troubles. And I like the fact that he names them. He describes them. They're clearly important to him. In Damascus, the governor under King Artaz had the city of us had the city of the Damascians guarded in order to arrest me. But I was loading a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul recorded when God did a miracle. Amen? Because he knew it needed to be recorded. Because he would need to remind himself as he went through his life that God got him out of a scrape in the past. Amen? And that's been really important to me in journaling. Again, why uh, I really enjoyed this particular opportunity to speak. I went through, I went through my Bible, and as you will see, I, rec- I look back on days, 1998, 2002, 2004, 7, 11, all the way through my Bible, where I've recorded what my Lord and Savior has done in and through my life and brought me out of my equivalent of a guarded city in a basket down a wall. Amen. Because you need to remember what God has done. You need to record and remember the miracles that he's performed, the things he's brought through for you. Because you can apply them to the stuff that you're facing right now. Amen? I'm a journalist. Thank you. Yeah, you keep clapping a bit longer next time, Taz, and then people will join in. It's a general way. So I do lots of journaling. And what I do, I journal, yeah, loads and loads. And I, I oft, often when I finish, I'll write sort of one, two, three, and four. And these will be things that I can't do myself. Amen. These are things that I need God to do a miracle in, either in my life or with situations. And I list them down. I list them one, two, three, four. I list them. And then what I do is every few months I go back and I reread my journal, going right the way back. And underneath in italics, I write down where God broke through. Amen. I write down where God did amazing things. I literally record the testimony of Christ doing amazing things and changing things around me. Little things for me, little things for other people. But I record the miracles of God. I recently did my journal, I wrote three or four things, and at the end of those three or four things, I literally wrote this, I put, I'll be back to see you in the future, amen, I'll be back to those challenges, and my God will see me through, amen, 
And there your faith rises, and there you start to believe that God is able to do abundantly. You don't wallow in the problems. You wallow in the hope of Jesus Christ to get you through. Amen. And even when he doesn't change the circumstances, he still gets you through. Amen. My faith is still intact. Hallelujah. We need to have those things. Just pop up my uh, Bible. You just put the first. So this is, um, this is just one little page here. So I wrote this in 1998, so transferred in. So this was two years after I, uh, I was uh, the founder of a charity called Christians Against Poverty in 1998. Now, if you cross-reference September 98 with these verses, literally everything that I thought would happen when I started the charity hadn't. Hallelujah. Amen. So we were, about to, we were about to lose our home. It was about to be repossessed because we couldn't afford to pay the mortgage. We were struggling to feed ourselves. We were in trouble. We were struggling. And I had lots of people send me letters saying, oh, you know, yeah. Remember somebody sent me a letter saying, I want to remind you, your first responsibility is to provide for your wife and children. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Thanks. You know, are you sure you've heard right from God? Because if you had, you wouldn't be as poor as you are now. How can it be God if you haven't got what you need? How can it be God if you haven't got enough food? How can it be God if your house be... How can this possibly have anything to do with God? Because if God was in it, you'd have everything you need. Listen, my Bible does not tell me that. Amen? My Bible tells me. Amen? That you're going to face difficulties. That, that does not mean God's not with you. Amen? Too many people are taken out because of an incorrect theology that everything will be perfect if you're walking with Christ. I'm here to tell you, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. And here's with these verses. Kill that. Confirmation verses. Lack does not mean God is not with you. You face stuff in which looks like God is not with you. However, the fruit was contentment, which I'll come on to. The living word of God. This amazing thing that Paul tells you and tells us. The second thing. He followed Jesus with everything. And he would not give up. I want to be uh, honest this morning with some sadness that I do carry and have carried. And I'm sure will continue to carry over the years. And this is for people who do know Christ, have accepted him, but somehow have not fully grasped what it is to know Christ. When you read the journey of the Apostle Paul, let me tell you, the one thing that he definitely was, was totally sold out for Jesus, amen? amen. Totally sold out for him, totally sold out, in a way, yeah, that I'm sure, yeah, I never will be, yet his faith and belief speaks to me that I need to make sure that constantly my faith is renewed and is real. And he's firm in him. I've seen too many people somehow miss, miss all that God had for them. It's often slowly. Difficulties come along. Challenges drifting away from serving him in church. Not actually doing anything for his kingdom. No sacrifice. Everything focused on anything but Jesus. Amen? And it really, really, really affects me because I can see and I can know what God can do with anybody yeah, who really, truly does put him at the top of their life. Amen? 
This doesn't mean that God doesn't care about other parts of your life. Trust me, he cares. But don't put him first. And I just feel that, yeah, there is so much, so much opportunity for all of us. And Paul challenges us in this. If you read how he lived, it challenges the life out of us. Amen? And praise God it does. He always puts him first. He always puts the kingdom first. He always puts the church first. He always puts others first. It's not about him. He lives a life of outwards. He lives an outward life for other people. It's not about him. Amen? And that is an amazing blueprint, an astonishing testimony, and encouragement about we should live our lives. I have seen so many people who have been totally consumed by their faith in Jesus Christ. It's real. It carries a price in their life. There is a joy in the challenges they face. They're committed to walk the walk. It's inspiring and it's amazing and lives get a change. And those people, despite the challenges that they face, are often the most joyful and rejoicing people that you can imagine because they know why they're doing what they're doing. They know the challenges they face are because they love Christ, because their life is committed to him. Come on, God. People's lives are better lived when they're focused on faith and on others. And Paul epitomizes this reality of what it is to know Christ. It permeates everything he says, every decision, every sacrifice, everything he faith. He considers his old life, his old religious life as nothing. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was religious beyond religious. Yet, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, 11, he says this. And this is talking about his old life. This is talking about his old life. His old life. He says this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Amen. This is a man who's been captured by the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's the same spirit that's available for you. You can allow God to capture your life. Amen. You can. You can make some decisions from today to allow God to capture your life. Amen. You can. You can determine that you are going to find some time in your busy day tomorrow to pray for other people, to allow his spirit, to read his word, to find some time. You can allow Jesus Christ to totally consume your life. Amen? He wants to consume your life, but you've got to allow him to consume your life. This is available to everybody. Everybody. This isn't just for the Apostle Paul. Praise God. It's for all of us. Again, I'll put my Bible up. So this is these verses in my Bible. Do you want to put the next one up? Yeah? Obviously. Yeah, some good stuff here. (sighs) Rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write these things to you. Gosh, I have learned to rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. The living word of God. Highlighted things. I consider everything lost compared to passing greatness of knowing Christ my Lord. Seriously, I do. Nothing can compare the fact that I know Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing and nothing, nothing compares with the fact that I know Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. Amen. I am going to heaven. 
And I am going to heaven. I engage with the presence of the living God, creator of heaven and earth. It's open and available to me every single moment of any single day. He helps me. He advises me. He shows me up when I needed it. He gives me the strength to go through stuff. It is amazing and overwhelming. That's what he means to me. But it's not what he means to me. It's what he could mean to all of us. Amen. But you've got to let him in. Amen. You've got to let him in. You've got to let him in. I'm telling you now, at the end of your life, the thing that you will be remembering is what Jesus Christ has done in you and through you. Amen? You're not going to remember a lot of the stuff that is the focus right now. His word does challenge, and praise God it does. Amen? Because let me tell you, I need it as much as you need it. Amen? But this is real. This is the opportunity. It talks about the people who got baptized a couple of weeks ago. It's this opportunity that they've got to live for Christ, amen, despite the difficulties and the challenges. Paul speaks so much. Okay, anyone else like me sometimes thinks, I'm going to give up. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're, gonna, you're just not going to... Okay, I didn't put your hands up, but I know you all know what I mean. All right? Oh, you're joking. Again. What, I've got to go again? What, I've got to do that again? You're, no way. I'm not going to get lost. It can't be. I can't keep going. I can't keep going. It's too painful. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I can't do it. Listen, if that's where you are or wherever you are, the Apostle Paul is here for you. Amen? He was a man who felt just like you. Let me tell you. The amount of time and effort he puts into his letters to tell people about persevering and keeping going tells me that he struggled with this as much as me and you. Amen? Again, people think that struggling to keep going is a sign that God's not in it. Listen, I'm here to tell you that's probably a sign that God is in it. Amen? Because if it's a walk in the park, that's not how it is. Trust me. Trust me, I've seen so many people. And here is, yeah, which for me is definitely, um, I call it a life application scripture. I've got, yeah, about six or seven scriptures that, yeah, they're just, they're just are where I find myself. And this is one that I come to over and over again. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Not that I have obtained all this or have arrived at my goal. Okay, who in this room can say now that they've not already obtained stuff and they've not arrived at their goal? Can, I have a, can everybody put your hand up? Because even if you don't feel it, I'm telling you, that's where you are. Hallelujah. You are. You're not there yet. Amen. Oh my gosh, isn't it great to know that you're in the same, you're in the same position as the Apostle Paul because he had not already obtained it and he had not arrived at his goal. This is an amazing anointed man who walked with... Man, it's sometimes slightly annoying how close he is to Jesus and how he hears stuff, how the Holy Spirit guides him, the wisdom that he gives. And this is what he does. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Pressing on. Oh my God, I get so annoyed and so frustrated in the right way when people go, oh, I've got difficulties. Oh, I can't carry on. And I don't mean big difficulties. I mean just little things. I'm like, really? Really? That's taking you out? That? Come on. Can we man and women up? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. 
And then he goes on again. I love it when he repeats himself because he has to remind himself twice. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take taken hold of it, repeats himself. He's not there, amen? He's not reached it. He's not reached wherever he wants to get, and he's reminded himself again that he's not reached it. But then he goes, but one thing I do, not 20 things I do, one thing he does, the one thing that is absolutely important and vital in your walk with Christ is this, forgetting what is behind. Oh my gosh, hallelujah. Praise God for his word, amen? Who has needed and who needs to forget some stuff behind? Come on. Honestly, not too loud for me, Lizzie, there. It's kind of <laughs> Lizzie joining in there shouting out. Seriously, trust me. This, oh, man, the amount of times, the amount of times I have to literally go, oh, God, I have to forget what's gone on behind. Amen? I have to forgive myself. I have to forgive others. I have to pick myself up. The one thing you have to keep doing, forgetting what's behind, straining forward right ahead, is I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Amen. So the one thing the Apostle Paul did was get off his blessed backside and go again. Amen. Go again. He just went again. He just went again and again and again. He went over and over and over again. Oh, my God. Thank you for his word. Amen. Because that's what I know people whose lives reflect him do. Everybody thinks, well, if someone's life reflects Christ, it all works out brilliant all the time. Trust me, the ones I know, unless there's a whole load of other people I've not met, that's not how it is, amen? They get themselves up, and they go again, and they go again, and they go again. They face difficulties, and they go again. They fall short, and they go again. They go again. They keep pressing on to win the prize that Christ has got for you. And that's how we should deal with it, amen? That's how we should be. The verses carry on. It says, and those of us who are mature should think this. Amen? I used to think that being mature in Christ was really about understanding every word of the Bible. And then you read the apostle and they know the most mature thing in Christ is keep pressing on. Amen? Keep going. Keep going. I'm not going to get passionate about, about any of this word. I just want to let you know. Oh, I so enjoyed doing this word. Thank you, Jesus. As you can probably tell. Right. Next one, the third one. Paul had God's peace and he learned, learned, okay, what it is to be content. Um, for me, if I had only understood the first two of the three things of the hundreds I could have brought about the Apostle Paul's life, to be honest, if you're doing one and you're doing two, i.e. things aren't going great, you're falling short, but it doesn't mean God's finished with you, and you're facing difficulties and you're pressing on, I'm just going to let you know, you do need number three. And this is the one that kind of brings it all together, that Paul had God's peace. He learned what it is to be content. Wow. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. you pop that up? Oh, again, the thing about this, the the... Amazing, amazing letters that Paul sends. He's, he's often sending letters when he's in jail. Amen? So, you know, I've been arrested and been in a cell. Yeah, but I didn't actually spend time. Sorry, news. But I've not actually spent... <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, a long time ago before it's okay, everybody. Not last week, a long time ago before I met Christ. Amen? And I was on that occasion innocent. Hallelujah. 
Um, on that occasion. <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Okay, right, they all say that, yeah. Anyway, moving on. The rule of law, the decisions are final of juries. Hallelujah. Anyway, moving on. So this guy's in jail, okay? He's in jail. Seriously, man, this jails was not the place you want to... But this is what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Amen? Because whatever happens in your life, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you're going to heaven, you have eternal life. Whatever you do or don't do, you've got eternal life. Amen? That's worth rejoicing about. It's worth rejoicing about. It says here, I will say it again, rejoice. The Apostle Paul knew how important it is to actually rejoice in what you've got in Christ, not what you haven't got. Amen? He knew that that fundamental building block of living life grateful, living a life that's thankful for what God has done in your life, well, not what you can't see he hasn't done. What it means to know him, his salvation, it's the root of his rejoicing. It's his root of living a fruitful, exciting, grateful life if you are rejoicing over good things that God has brought in your life. Amen? And I have had to sometimes kicking and screaming, scrape out a few words of hallelujah, Jesus. Amen? I praise you. But I've learned over the years, it's the fundamental point that I start most of my challenges and difficulties with it. However small or trivial they are compared to the challenges that Paul faced, amen? But they're still real to me. They're still real to you. They're still important. If you're worried about something or you've got a challenge, let me tell you, Jesus is really involved in what your challenges are wherever you are. But I've learned to rejoice. And it's a, it's, it's a life stance, amen? It's a life stance. So over the next, I've got a busy few challenges going around at the moment. I've got a busy 10 weeks. I've got I'm out, I'm away five weekends out of seven. I've got lots of stuff to do. I don't want to be away. I don't want to go on the road again. I don't want to. Amen. It's okay not to want. Everybody okay? Everybody says, oh, you should feel really brilliant about it. That's not how it is. Amen. Just chill out. You know, if you've got to do something, you don't really want to do it and you don't like it. That doesn't mean that it's not God. Amen. Amen. But I tell you what, um, yeah. So I'm not, I, don't, I want to be at home, bank. I want to be at home tomorrow. I don't want to go away. Okay. It's not a massive thing, but I don't want to go away. But my stance looking at tomorrow isn't the fact that I'm not going to be at home. My stance is that God's opened up an opportunity for me to go to a Christian conference. I'm going to the Alpha Leadership Conference. I'm going to be there, yeah? So I'm coming at tomorrow when I get up at 5 o'clock. I'm coming at tomorrow with a day. I'll get up at 5 o'clock and I'll go, praise God, I know Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, praise God. I've got a chance to listen to his word today for some speakers. Praise God, I've got a little opportunity to maybe speak a little bit about some stuff. I'm going to come at things with a, re with a rejoicing spirit. Never mind half empty or half full. Amen. Brimming over. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. For the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to the God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, praise God. Amen. Prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind, and you will need this peace, amen, because you will face challenges. In this world, there will be trouble. You need to learn this peace. Yeah. He knew that he needed God's miraculous intervention. He knew he needed others to join in, and he knew that he needed prayer. Goes on. 
In verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things when you have learned or received from me or heard in me put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And there's another, yeah, another life application. This is my Bible on these verses. Life application scripture. All the verses there, 2012. All sorts of stuff. The living world. And then at the bottom you can see there, he says, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. For I know what is to be need, and I know what it is to be in lack. You know, just pop the next verses where it says thanks for their gifts. In verse 12 it says this, I know what it is to be need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any circum, any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or in plenty or in want. Contentment is to be learned. It's only natural to worry. It's only natural to be concerned. But with God, supernatural contentment is available. He is my New Testament hero. In so many ways, trust me, he's nothing like I am. But I tell you what, he's an inspiration. He's inspired me since I first met him 27 years ago. His teaching speaks to me on a daily basis. I try my best to live out a life that in some way reflects some of the challenges that Paul has. But it's in his realness. It's in his humanity. It's in the challenges. It's the way he faces difficulties. It's in many ways that he's just like me and you. And for that reason, he is my hero of the faith. Of the faith. So, uh, I think, can we give these out now? So what I've done is I've condensed the word into a, an A5 sheet. If you just pass them and then let people pass them along the... Uh, yeah, everybody's coming. So there's definitely enough for everybody to get one. And this is what I'd like everybody to do as we grow to a close. So when you get this piece of paper, my heart is, as I said at the beginning, that I certainly, as with all the word of God that we bring, we want it to have some ongoing life in us. Amen. We want it to, we want it to reach into us. And the reason why I spent time doing this is that I really would... Are we all right at giving them out, yeah? Just hand them down the corridors, keep going. Um, is what I would ask you to do is this. Even if right now you don't feel that this is anything for you at this moment in time, I understand that, please, that's between you and God. Can I just ask you, could you just take this piece of paper home with you, amen? I've already stuck it in my Bible, okay? I put it in my Bible, I've dated it, I've made a few notes on it. And can I just, uh, we're just going to pray together um, when you get this piece of paper. Okay? Thank you, everybody. That's great. So we're going to pray. My heart is, if, if you've not got one, just they're still coming around. If you haven't got one, just pop your hand up. There's people down here. Woody, you just stopped on your way down. Don't worry. You've got the left. Here we go. Some more here. Some more coming. Some spare ones there. Okay, you're going to hand them over to everybody who needs one. Stuart's wanting one there. Somebody get one. Okay, we've got one. Keep going, keep going. Okay, this is what I'm going to believe. Amen? I'm going to pray and believe that by his Holy Spirit, at some stage, okay, either today or at some stage in the next few 
days or weeks. Everybody okay? If you've still got your hand up, by the way, have we got any left? People still with hands up here. Have you got some left? There's one here. Okay, we'll, okay. So we can have mine. I've got one. Okay, let's just pray about this. I'm believing that you're going to put it somewhere. You're going to put it on your fridge, bigger magnet. You're going to put it in your Bible. You're going to put it in your bag. You're going to put it somewhere. And I'm going to believe that God is going to use his word to speak to you. Come on, God. We want to work and walk with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Apostle Paul's teaching. The enormity of it, but the simplicity of it. Father, I lift everybody. We lift each other to you. Father, by your Holy Spirit, will you take your word? Will you make it individual? Will you bring people to a point in the next few hours, days, or weeks where this piece of paper is brought to their attention? And by your Holy Spirit, you speak to them to remind you of the truth in your word that you are with them and for them, that you have got contentment, that the Apostle Paul brought some wisdom for their life and that Holy Spirit, you would connect with us and that we would live a life more with you at the fore and at the core. We would put you at the core of our lives and the goodness that you have stored up for us would flow out into our lives but also the lives of those around us in our community, our family, our workplace. Father, let us be real about what it is to know you and make your word real in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just give God a clap for an amazing word from him.